Welcome to another episode of the Coal Region Campfire, episode 30. We almost didn't make it this week, but luckily Barry Cromis, our guest for today, came through. Shout out to uh, one of our big time listeners, Adam Kurtek, who brokered the deal on Facebook. And uh, again, thanks to Barry for coming together last minute. But we have a great episode for you um, before we get to that. I want to tell you a little bit about our sponsor, Darren J. March. He's a certified financial planner with Raymond James. I actually saw Darren yesterday at Rotary. He did not have his uh, old school pubs jersey on, which was a little disappointing. But nonetheless, he was there, uh, biceps and all. Um, but he is a Pottsville native, obviously, and has been advising clients for more than 17 years in northeastern PA. Uh, he specializes in retirement planning and offers an independent, unbiased approach to investing. Raymond James does not offer its own investment products. This allows Darren to be able to structure a plan to fit your needs, not the needs of the firm. So if you have a 401k or a retirement plan from a former job, or if your advisor just doesn't keep in touch, give him a call for free, no obligation review, 570-640-8010. And it's uh, darren.march at raymondjames.com. Raymond James Financial Services, member, member FINRA SIPC, Investment Advisory Services offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Advisors Inc. So now on to Barry and a little bit about Barry. I went to high school, Barry. He is a uh, class younger than me. Um, but uh, like I say in the podcast, he was uh, a pleasure to play football with, a great guard. Um, just hustled, was scrappy, got downfield, and really did everything he asked uh, of him and, uh, and more. And uh, he went to college and kind of found his niche with uh, the javelin before you know it. He is uh, thrown for the USA in uh, London. So, uh, great story. Great story about just kind of persevering. And, and he is a prime example of someone who is just dedicated, works hard. And again, I say that from just my own experience with Barry. And I'm sure a million other people will say the same. I mean, the guy just works and works and works and is dedicated. So, it's just a, a testament. And he kind of embodies the whole uh, coal region um, attitude so on to barry hello barry my man what's going on not much man how's it going it's going just out of here at states doing a little coaching do you uh Talk do you hear field. me do you hear me good yeah i do hear i do hear you good do you hear me well yeah i hear you perfect man awesome have you, have you listened to any uh any episodes i i did uh i listened to uh, what's the last one i listened to um the Pat the Pat Flannery one. Oh, okay. So you know, you know that you know how it is. You know, like the feel of right. it, then, right? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Um. All right, man. Well, then we'll just we'll just get started. So, you're you're down at state. So you're how many? Now you're you're coaching kids through what the Javelin Factory, right? Well, yeah. I have um some of my uh, individual kids that I coach in the side from the Javelin Factory down here. I probably have a uh, maybe like seven or eight kids down here. But I'm also the uh, Head coach at head boys coach at East Strasburg South, and uh, we have some some really good hurlers going this weekend down here. Um, so, so yeah, I'm the head head coach at my school, and I got some coaches, some kids on the side of the job, and I got. And you're down. In, uh, it's still in Shippensburg, right? Yep, still in Ship. So, I guess the the first question for for our many listeners out there is: so you were, uh, I mean, you, you you placed fourth at the Olympic trials in 2013. Uh, for the javelin 
Now, right. obviously, I went to high school with you. I mean, you're a good javelin thrower, but definitely not, a, a, you know, Olympic thrower. So, how, first of all, how did you get involved with javelin, and and how did you just make that leap to being, you know, arguably one of the best in in, in the world in terms of, of throwing the javelin? Yeah, so I got my start I, sophomore year. I got cut from baseball. Uh, you know, I love playing baseball, and I love the, the the program. I love Coach Steidel. You know, all my friends played baseball, and for whatever reason, that year was like really bad weather, and we had a uh, hit inside off the pitching machine in the cage and for whatever reason I just couldn't do it it was like I was supposed to have a, a really bad tryout and it was like I, if I stood up there with 10 bats swinging I wasn't going to hit it you know what I mean <laughs> Yeah. so um, I made it to the last round of cuts that year but uh, and I never was a really good baseball player anyway but um, I got cut you're a railway like, guy right railway yeah railway park yeah okay. um, hospitals yeah. that was our team and we won a championship back in I don't know. You were a rotary guy, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, you hospitals. You guys, uh, is that Sean Hockney? Uh, uh, no, I don't think it was Sean Hockney. We had uh, 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 Adam Kurtek was on the team. Okay, my railway trip is me. not great, so. Yeah, no, I got you. Um, who's it? some of the older guys that were on hospitals? Um, Nate Lipton. Luke, is that Nate uh, not Nate Lipton. Luke McMurtry? Um, not Luke McMurtry, but uh, um, I, I'm having a tough time here. That's okay. um, but anyway, but anyway, talking about railway parks, sometimes I still go back there and just drive through there because it's a cool plane there, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it, but anyway, I cut from baseball and I, I went out for track and uh, um, I did pretty well my junior year. I almost made the, the state meet. I took second at 182, and then senior year, kind of the same thing. But yeah, you, you know, I wouldn't say I was a, a standout in the javelin, but I did get recruited to go to East Stroudsburg University. And I went up there, and I, I was a little bit more successful as a two-time All-American at the Division II level. Um, but still, even at the, the collegiate level, I wasn't, um, you know, someone I would say would be on a national level. Um, I, mean, I don't All-American, though. Know, me I mean, you can't – I mean, that's – Yeah. I mean, what, you were seventh, right, your, your senior year? Yeah. I was seventh my, my – actually, my sophomore year, my junior year. And then I think because I did – again, it's kind of like getting cut from baseball. Because I did so poorly my senior year at nationals, it kind of kept me with it a little bit. Okay. Um, I, I kind of wanted to redeem myself, um, but again, seventh at the Division Two national level, um, that's kind of where I was at. You know, I was good, but not like you know, like I would be the next year where I found myself at qualifying for the national championships, the USA Track and Field national championships, out of everybody. And uh, um, I think I was like an 18th seed at the national championships in 2006. I ended up fifth. I threw a personal best out of that meet. And um, because of that, it put me on to a USA team where I got to represent my country over in Birmingham, England. And that was probably like the, one of the highlights of my career up until about 2006. Now, how do you, how do you, I mean, so was it Coach Rook who kind of said, hey, you might be a good javelin thrower? Because it's not something that you, you know, do in, in your neighborhood growing up or anything like that. Like, how do you? Yeah, yeah I, you, you, I mean, you hit it right there. I mean, I, I was lifting in the weight room for football and kind of, you know, I, I I always want to be doing something active, but I saw these guys. I don't even know what they were called, Alfredo. Like they were like, like walking through the, the weight room with these long sticks, and I kind of followed them and see what the <laughs> heck they were doing with them. You know, I had no idea. I thought they were pole vaults. You know, so I saw them chucking around in the field, and I thought I'd be decent at it. So I, I kind of, I don't know, it was kind of like an ah moment, you know. And I and I went out there and I chucked it around a little bit and kind of liked it. I, I was really bad at first because I still had that baseball in me where I was coming across my body and the javelin was like flying like a helicopter through the air <laughs> for whatever reason i just I just was really intrigued by it yeah i tried doing it i was terrible at it because coach Rook's like oh you might be good at it and i was like yeah maybe i will and then i went and threw it i was like i, I was like <laughs> almost threw out my eye but 
So, but I think you were a senior that year. I was on the team, right? Well, you were on the track and field team. I, did, I didn't. I didn't run track my senior year. So okay, I so remember. If, okay, if, if that was the one year I didn't do it, so yeah, if that was your junior year, I wasn't on the team. But I remember, okay. you know, I, I remember you were getting into it, and then obviously you went to East Stroudsburg, and then obviously you know just keeping, you know, just hearing about what you're doing. So your your senior year. Like when did you when did you like kind of realize like well, maybe I could actually compete in the Olympics for this like was there a throw so, or, or an event or well something? yeah um, uh, what what the difference was is I I got like hold of like a, I just committed myself to really training the right way like uh, it's not like today where you can kind of get the information via the internet and uh, it just seemed like the information is a lot easier than it was but right. I, I committed myself to really finding that out becoming a real student of the event. And I and I got the coach. What happened was I, I graduated from from college, got the teaching job at East Stroudsburg. I got the coaching job. It kind of kept me around track and field, and I went to clinics not to be a better athlete, to to be a better coach. And I can remember being in the clinics and just being like, "Oh man, I thought this was the, the way it was supposed to work." And uh, and it wasn't anything physical. It was all kind of just learning how to throw the the, the spear a little bit better. And uh, I went to an open meet at a Slippery Rock college and i threw like 222 feet and that was like 10 feet beyond my personal best in college and i was looking at what you had to qualify for the usa championships and it was only 230 i was like oh my god i'm only eight feet away from making it out of the big scene here you know now, in terms is, of like javelin is, is eight feet a long way or like is not that... not really i mean it's a gust of wind you okay. know I, I really feel like I, and, and the javelin is one of those events where it's really fickle you know in a hundred meter dash you, you're not going to go from running like a 12 second 100 meter dash down to an 11 it's just not going to happen but with the javelin it's such a fickle event that you start to figure figure a couple things out technically and you can do improve you know 20 30 feet in a year so um that's kind of what happened there and uh i went to slippery rock i threw well there and then the next meet at esu they had another meet and i went there and i, and I qualified for nationals there and I, I qualified for me to for the pen relays i did well there and then I went out to the USA Championships in Indianapolis in 2006, and uh, then I finished fifth on the team. And I remember I was, you know, I was golfing with my co-region buddies down in. Went on a French trip every year, like Brad Fees and the Kleckners, okay, all those guys. And I had a had a call from like the USA team saying we want you to compete for the team. And I thought of there, I thought it was one of my buddies in on the other hole, making, <laughs> you know, messing around with me, you know, because you know how. No, we they are. they wouldn't do that. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> So I got back, I opened up my email, and there there was actually an invite there from, from the team manager in an official email, so I was all excited. I went over there and competed for my country and got a got a box of USA gear, and I think that's what really kind of drove me to keep going with it. So when, um, you, were, when you were going to these meets, were you throwing like unaffiliated? Were you like Danny LaRusso from Karate Kid, like unaffiliated? Or? <laughs> yeah, they call it unattached. So okay. I didn't really have any sponsorships or anything like that. I just would go to these meets unattached and, and uh, just – that's how I got my start. And, uh, 2007, I, I stuck with it and, um, I, I PR to nationals there and I got fifth place again and, um, you know, qualified me for the USA for the following year for 2008 Olympic trials. And that's where, um, I kind of broke out there again. I, I PR there into 1797. I actually was leading the Olympic trials until finals and I had the Olympic B standards. Um, uh, so that qualified me to get funded for the following couple of years. I went too far out there. Now, obviously, you're funded, but you you still have a full time job throughout this, right? You're still teaching, right? So, right. I, I mean, and I and I'm not just telling you this because you're you're my friend, and I, you know I went to high school with you, but I mean, yeah. you're one of the hardest workers I know. I mean, you're you're dedicated. I mean, and yeah. I, I do love that 
and, and this is not a knock on you, but you, you know, you're scrappy. I remember in football, you know, you were yeah. probably the lightest lineman, but you were the most athletic yeah. and, and you, and you hustled and, and, and you were, you were great. You were an awesome guard. And yeah, I was, I was thinking, I was thinking back on that when I was calling you, it was nothing better than like, uh, when they were calling toss left and I'm like, all right, Alfredo's going to get the ball and he's going to, I'm just going to hook my block here and see you go. Cause you were phenomenal on that. Uh, as well, well, thank man. you. As soon as you, as soon as you hit that turn, you're gone. It was awesome. But well, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, so you're teaching. So, I mean, you're training for the Olympics. I mean, these people are right. making a full-time job. So you have a full-time job. So, I mean, what time are you up? Are you up at three, four o'clock in the morning? There, the- there was uh, absolutely, there was times, you know, do double sessions. I'd be at the gym at four o'clock or I'd be getting up at four o'clock in the morning. Um, be in the gym by five and then be in my classroom by seven, ten, ready to teach. And then I would, I would work out then after school. I did that a lot. Um, yeah, it was exhausting at times, but um, it, it's. I feel like if it's anything, you know, it's it's kind of where we're from. You know, if you want to do something, you just kind of find a way to get it done. And there's no really, you don't find excuses. You, you just keep pushing forward. And I wanted to be a role model for my kids. Uh, I really, you know, took the teaching, took the coaching, and and everything about that I take to heart. And I really wanted to be a, a good representation of them. And if you work hard, and you know, maybe you can reach your dreams. You know, and that, that's that's something that I really preach, and I wanted to prove that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, even when when you were trying out for the Olympics, like obviously it would have been great, you know, if you if you made it. But the important thing is the work that you were putting in. I mean, that kind of just speaks volumes, you know, just of your work ethic. And like I said, it, it would have been great if you made it. But I think the most important thing that teaches you down the road is the fact that you were committed because anybody, I mean, a lot of nine out of 10 people are not going to be waking up at four o'clock in the morning, going to yeah. know, working out, going to the regular job and, you know, and, and then training afterwards. I mean, it, it is a, I, I probably can't even convey in words just how much of a commitment it really is to kind of get into right. that mindset. And, and I, I tell the people like in 2016 was the biggest disappointment. I, uh, I, uh, ruptured my patella tendon in one of my last meets in 2015, right before my wedding. And, uh, uh, I had a, rehab really hard to get back to even compete again. So I got to compete in four meets uh, for the 2016 Olympic trials. I wanted to make my third Olympic trial and hopefully make the finals there again and give myself a chance to make the team. And uh, I finished 25th. So I spent one spot away from um, qualifying for that Olympic trials. But, uh, you know, I threw ended up throwing like 72 meters that year, which I thought was kind of, you know, you know I, that's the one thing I really give myself credit for is how I bounced back from that injury there. Um, but again, uh, and I tell my kids this all the time too, nothing going for a dream, only good things can happen. Yeah, absolutely. You know, even though I, even though I didn't make it, there were so many things I was able to do. I mean, I've been around the world three times over, four times over, got to train with some of the best coaches ever. Um, you know, I, you know, spent time at, you know, legends houses, which I would think, you know, and, and it's just kind of been cool to be involved in a sport. And now what I get to do with it, I'm one of the national development coaches for high school javelin and, uh, get to travel and help kids do that and see the sport grow is, is really quite gratifying. Now is javelin kind of like golf? I mean, did, did you ever like, obviously you have your PR and meets, but like, was there like a practice where you just like threw it through, you know, through the sky or, or is it kind of the adrenaline takes over at, at a meet? Yeah. Like I, I was, and some people are good at throwing far um, in practice but I was just never one of those guys. And I think part of it was because I was teaching all day, was getting up early, so I was never really fresh throwing in practice. Um, but I would have good technical days. Mm-hmm. Even at, in, But even if I said, you know what, I'm going to really crank on this one and really try to get one to, to, to go, it never would go far for me in practice. 
I mean, I would throw at the most 68, 69 meters in practice and then end up throwing 75, 76, you know, 78 in in a meet. So I do feel like it was that adrenaline. I love the competitive part of it. That's one thing I miss was like that 20, 30 minutes before you even throw, you're starting to warm up and those juices are flowing and you're thinking about, I'm going to rip that guy's face off. Those are kind of kind of things that I kind of miss about competing. But right, um, so I, that adrenaline did really help me in competitions. Now, how how does the perfect throw feel like? Like, what is it? F- effortless. You just you just approach I, I, the line and it just it's just like really. It's just your your training kind of takes over, and you you know I, m- I remember at the 08 trials, my best was seventy four meters going in. I ended up throwing seventy nine, and I was I hit the Olympic B standard and. Um, I moved on to the next day. I I, I could I, I didn't even like I was back in my hotel room and I couldn't not even really remember what just just what just happened. You know, kind of just the training took over and 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 I was in the moment and and um, that's that's kind of what happened. Is it kind of like I know I keep going back to golf, but is it like golf where like you could get in your own head and, and all Absolutely. of a sudden there's like a couple throws where you don't you don't even know how to throw? Yeah, and and you and being in the sport, you know, I was top ten in in the country for ten straight years. You, you go through, you know, things when you get in your own head, not just at competitions, but also years. You know, mm. you kind of, uh, that, that's kind of where I, I ended to be with that is, you know, I'd be at meets, I'd be at the national championship, and because it was a hard year teaching and uh, my body was beat up a little bit, it was almost like I could see my, I'd be sitting in the stands watching myself, like going through the, going through the motions. So it is a cred- incredibly mental sport, just like golf. Now today, do you think how far do you think you could throw it if you had to go out there today and throw it? Hey, I think I could go out there and throw 80 meters right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, that's kind of people keep asking me. I get to try and go for 2020, and if I if I said yes, my wife might divorce me because you know how much you know we talk about commitment, how much time and effort it takes. Uh, um, but no, always in the back of my head, I still think I could go out there and throw really, really far. But I think that's just the nature of being a competitor. Is there a, is there a meet that like you know like you know, we played football together. I'll, I'll still like review plays, and I'm like, oh man, I really yeah. is there is there meats that kind of eat at you? Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the 2014 national championships, I was uh, first place going into the finals, and I was like, wow, I'm finally gonna, you know, be top three in nationals. I'm gonna get on the po- the podium. I'm gonna get to do the victory lap with the USA flag on my back, and and. Um, and then this, you know, what happened in the in the last round of the finals is this guy from nowhere from South Dakota comes and he hits a thirty foot PR, knocks me to second, and then the second guy comes and he and he and he, and he throws an eighty three fifty, a guy from Texas and knocks me to third. So I got one last thrower, probably my competitive rival, really good friend of mine today, but um, I just need him to throw under seventy seven thirty six, and he comes down, and he hits a throw, and it's his name is Sean Fury by the way, two time Olympian, and it comes up seventy seven thirty six, he ties me because his second best throw was further than mine, he took it. So I just missed the spot to kind of uh, make the podium at USA Nationals. But um, that's probably one that sticks out to me. Um, I wish I was better prepared in the weight. I, I, I PR'd it in, in the prelims, furthest throw of the whole Olympic trials, and uh, wasn't able to kind of bounce back for, for the, the final round. And, you know, as a javelin thrower, the only time they ever do a, a prelims one day and the finals on another day is at the Olympic trials and the Olympic games. And I just don't feel like mentally I prepared myself well enough for that. Yeah. I mean, you're staying in a hotel room and stuff like that. I mean, how do you stay focused throughout the, the day? Are you, are you um, going to these meets by yourself too? Or, or do you have like, well, I had a, well, I had my technique coach from the university of North Carolina. He's the uh, javelin coach there today. His name is Jeff Gorski. 
So I actually moved down there for six months. I did get a leave of absence for six months in 2008 to just focus on the trials. Um, so he, he would be my technique coach. And then I had a, uh, a, uh, co- the, the throws coach and the head coach today, Michelle Curcio, Lafayette College. She was in charge of like, my programming and my, my weightlifting and, you know, what days I would throw and, and all that. So uh, I had two coaches there. They would, that, and she would be the one that would travel with me. My technique coach had a, a wife that uh, wasn't able to travel. So uh, Michelle Curcio from Lafayette would come with me on all those meets. What's the coolest gear, uh, coolest USA gear you got? Do you still, like, wear a jacket I, around? Yeah, I have this white jacket. And I actually had to get a dry clean a couple times. I'll wear it a couple times a year. I don't know. I don't want to show off, I guess, a little bit. But uh, oh, I'd wear, um, I'd wear yeah, it to that, like church. <laughs> yeah. So that's the that's the one thing I have on, and I have um, my USA uniform hung up in my man cave in a, in a frame. So they're the two things that I, that I hung on to there. Do you bring you know, people I, down you know, and be like, oh, what's this thing? Oh, you know, just a little something. <laughs> I mean, I didn't make an Olympic team. I, you know, I was able to kind of almost make a world team. I was close, but not close enough. But just representing the country once was, oh, was awesome. really cool. You know? Yeah, I remember I remember being in the moment over in England and looking at my chest and USA was on it. and That was really cool. Yeah, I remember following on Facebook, like you could follow the throws. I remember I was at work and I was following, you know, your throws as, as you were going. So it's exciting. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it's exciting, obviously, for you, but, you know, just from people from around here, just to say they know, you know, someone who's who's in the yeah. Olympics is, is pretty cool. Yeah, and, and and I really put that on me a little bit, too, during that. Like, I used that as motivation when I was training. I, you know, I loved where I'm from, and I'm surprised to this day that I'm not living here anymore. You know, I happen to you know, meet my wife up in East Stroudsburg and that's where I got my first teaching job and that's why I'm here. But, um, if you would, I'm so proud. If you ask anybody, I, t- I talk about it all the time. I got pictures in my classroom with Potsville and whenever I can bring it up, I do. And I was really, um, I was really keeping Potsville in mind when I was, when I was training and throwing and, and I really wanted to represent everybody that, that helped me along the way from there as well. Now where like your, your best throw in a certain year, where, where would you rank in the world? Did you ever like figure that out? Yeah, I, I, w- I was pretty, I was top, at one time, I was like top thirty in U.S. history. Um, up wow. until last year, I was the furthest thrower in Pennsylvania history. Um, a kid from Penn State beat me last year, um, and that year in '08, I was top fifty in the world. Wow! So that was yeah. So that was that was kind of cool. Yeah, that's awesome to think that you're you know top fifty in, in an event in the world. I yeah, mean, I can't even wrap my head around that. <laughs> I was coming. You're making my head really big right That's now. Right, but, uh, man. You, you deserve know, it. You deserve it. I mean, you, no, put the work you in. know, and like you said, I was a scrapper. I, was, if you, I wasn't a, a great athlete. I just really ended up falling in love with the event and working really hard at it. You know, I was never made it to the states in high school and was kind of good in college and just kept loving it and kept at it and you know, it kind of paid off for me. I was, like I said, I got to learn a lot of things and do a lot of really cool things just for throwing a stick around. Actually, your name came up. I was at a Kentucky Derby party a couple, whatever, two, three weeks ago, and uh, uh, Coach Shields was there, and he was talking about when he was oh. the O-line coach. And he said, oh, yeah, I remember yeah. Our, our our line was small, but we were good. And he said, you know, Barry Kramas used to get down the field. So yeah, you made an impression. That was awesome. Yeah, I, you know, there was nothing better. Then that, being at the Olympic trials, there was something special about putting on that uh, Crimson Tide uniform and walking down and, and you know smelling the funnel cake in the background and the band going and the, <laughs> and and just that that there's, there's nothing that can really beat that it was awesome i still have dreams about it. i don't know if you do uh yeah i, I mean i i hope <laughs> i openly do <laughs> i'll be like driving the car and, and be daydreaming i'll be like okay yeah. that was 20 years ago so yeah i on. still i i try to push school spirit in my school and i, I still show the highlights of the last couple 30 seconds and 
in two, in 1999 when we were able to beat Berwick. I know you yeah. were graduated by that time, but that was a that was a great moment for us and for the school. And uh, you know, they were, the student body ran on the field and we pulled down the goalposts, and I kind of show my kids in class, and I'm like, "Wow, that's awesome!" You know, we we want that here, so. You know, in a way, I try to bring Potsdam into what I do in East Stroudsburg. I was at that game, and I remember, how, like, obviously, yeah. Tommy returned it, and, you know, everyone yeah. went nuts. But, you know, I did that George Curry documentary, and they laugh up in Berwick because they say it was a regular season game. You guys tore down the goal right. for us. I was like, yeah, it was, it was a big <laughs> win, man. Don't yeah, and, and, and if you if you see how we ended up the season, you know, it was like our, like our Super Bowl a little bit. Yeah. You know, we kind of uh, wish we could end the season a little better. That's for sure. So, so today you're doing the javelin factory. You're down in states today. So, yep. how many how, how many students do you have in there? How many how many athletes? Well, uh, I'm from my school, we have our four by one team, and I'm one of the one of the best hurdle coaches. So I can't really take credit for those guys, but he, this guy year in year out, he seems John Finelli, and he's a graduate from East Stroudsburg University as well, and he uh, he's been able to get me a trip down here multiple years just because he's coaching the, the hurdlers. But from from my team, from my school, I have three three hurdlers and then a four by one team. So. And how many? And then, but how uh, many javelin guys do you have? At your, I got at the javelin Gavin, Gavin Darcy from Dunmore. He was a state champion last year, and uh, he was the uh, first team all state quarterback for for Dunmore. Um, and then I have Mark Minicello. He is a number one seed right now. He's from from Wyoming area. He's one of my kids. Chris Frederick from Palmerton. Um, I got uh, Chris Dowell from Pottsville. I have uh, Elsie Wanamaker from from Blue Mountain is going to be down here. Uh, the Tamaqua girls. Uh, so we we probably got seven or eight kids down here. Luke Luke Hess from um, from Wilson area didn't make it, but he was almost there. But uh, Eric Lyons from Banger High School um, has a sh- shot the medal here. So we have a uh, we've about seven or eight kids down here competing. Now, what's the difference between coaching and and like competing for you? I mean, I, I mean, every, obviously everybody has a different you know view on that. But how hard is it to coach, or how easy is it to coach just from your your javelin days? Uh, you, 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 there was a learning curve with it for sure. I mean, you got you kind of got to um, find uh, ways to to really get kids to understand what you're talking about in different ways. And I think that's kind of one of the things that makes me a pretty decent coach is that I can really make it simple for them. Um, I can make these complicated movements and and biomechanically the javelin it can be very um, is very technical and, and hard to understand. But I try not to get the kids wrapped up in that. Um, I, I think I do really well with motivating as well, but. Um, you know that's the difference there a little bit from being a being an athlete and being a coach is just it's almost it's almost cooler to see them PR and you know when they do well and they say thank you and that's what's kind of cool. What about um, just a quick question? Is the javelin the same like length and weight on all levels? Uh, yes. Okay. So uh, when I was in high school, it was a little different. The weight was in in the back a little bit so they floated a little bit longer in high school when i graduated they they, they changed it like the year that i graduated um to it being all the same um now if i was if i was if i could make things different i feel like the javelin is a little too heavy for like freshmen in high school and sophomores like in europe they would be still be throwing a 700 gram um i think that's one of the reasons why we see a lot of uh, elbow injuries in the javelin is because we're, we're throwing them too young with too heavy of an implement but yeah, they're across the board, high school, college, and the Olympic level. They're all the same weight now. The 800 grams for the guys, 600 for the girls. Now let me. I'm going to ask you this last question. If if you went out tomorrow and you you're messing around and you throw like an 83 or an 84, do you talk to the wife and say, I got I got to go to 2020 Olympics? Oh, what do you think, Alfredo? Heck yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, I, you know, but you know, you know, my hard work though, I haven't been able to train like I used to. I don't know if that would happen in Keisha unless I was thinking something special, but, um, um, yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening, but yeah, you're right. I, I would definitely, uh, uh, say to the wife, we got to go for this. Now do, you're talking about, uh, do they test you a lot when you're in the Olympics? I mean, are they, testing? Oh yeah, I got, I got tested a lot. So, um, especially in 08, um, I got tested three or four times that year. And whenever you made like the finals, you'd get tested and um, it could be, it could be random, uh, you know, like seven o'clock in the morning, someone shows up at your door and, um, and they take you to the bathroom and they take, take a, take right. a urine sample and they watch you. So, um, that was interesting. Oh, definitely. Well, thanks Barry, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. I think, uh, I'll, I'll yeah, man, I, you tonight. know, I, I love my, I love where I come from, and I love the coal region. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Absolutely, man. And you can thank Adam, uh, Kurtek. He's, uh, he's <laughs> I will. This, uh, he brokered this. But uh, good luck uh, this weekend, man. And uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll email or I'll text this over to you. I'll, I'll release it tonight then. But awesome. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks, Barry. Good talking, bud. Yep, yeah, but, but. but. Thank you again for listening. We will be back next week. Uh, I have two interviews uh scheduled for next week so hopefully we will be good here for a couple weeks but again keep the uh suggestions coming and i'm going to keep reaching out to people and again it, it is great to run into people and they tell me that they're listening to it and uh hopefully you guys are enjoying it and uh brandon reichert actually suggested on facebook um that I do uh, some reviews of some concession stands. And I actually went down and did a review of the Rotary concession stand, but I didn't record it, um, videotape it. So I think I'm going to start videotaping. Maybe go to Rotary, Railway, JFK, wherever there's a concession stand, block parties. Um, be a little something. Maybe we could have fun with it. But I will see you next week. Thank you.